than say, but also the vision of the greater things that are yet to come. Amen. Amen. Are you excited about Biker Weekend? Are you excited for about Dr. Svell and a word and Jesse this weekend? We're going to have an awesome time. So lift your hands to heaven and let's let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and we welcome your presence in this place today. And I thank you for the spirit of victory that's in this place. I thank you, Father, for your victorious power that's working and moving up and down every single aisle, in and out every single row. And we just thank you, Father, for taking us to a another level this weekend. We just give you all the glory and all the praise in advance for it. In Jesus' name, give him a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Y'all ready to praise the Lord? Come on, put your hands together.
Church Light POW Rally. POW stands for, what does it stand for? <laughs> Presidents and area leaders, that's what it stands for. And uh, we welcome all of those that have filled that role for us and what a great blessing they are. And of course we have our, our national directors, Bill and Ginger Horn. Bill and Ginger, stand up, give them a good... Give them a good hand. Praise God. Amen. 
We couldn't do this without them. In fact, I don't think I would want to do this without them. They're such a great blessing to me, a blessing to this ministry, and of course, a blessing to this motorcycle ministry. And then all the uh, presidents and area leaders that are present, would you please stand? All right. Praise God. Amen. They not only represent uh, states here in America, but some of them represent other nations as well. And uh, we are thrilled that God is using this ministry to touch lives all over the world. Amen. Uh, Bill, come up here for a minute real quick. And uh, just, you've already given the report to uh, uh, the presidents and area leaders that were in the meetings today, but give us another report on how many salvations have taken place since we started keeping a record of it. Well, since we started keeping a and record... And by the way, this is just through Chariots of Light, not any other part yeah. of the ministry. Um, over a quarter of a million people have given their life to the Lord. Amen. So, Praise God. Hallelujah. And, uh, and we've ministered the gospel to uh, well over 300,000 people. And uh, just going and sharing... God's love and uh, bringing people in the kingdom. That's, that's what we do. So, uh, And then the, the report for Sturgis. They just got back from Sturgis here, which is one of the largest motorcycle rallies in the world. And uh, next year it's going to represent their 80th year. Do. Yes, sir. So there will probably be over a million people there, I would think. Yes, they, sir. They've had at least 750,000 in the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and so we're, we're going to, uh, we believe for big things around here. So anybody wants to come, if you want to be a part of a history-making time, we're going to win 20,000-plus people to Christ there next year. Amen. We will. And how many were won this year? This year we've won over 32,000 people to Christ already. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Bill. Oh, come on. Let's give the Lord a better shout than that. Amen. Hallelujah. Who would have ever thought that Having a passion to ride motorcycles would turn into something like this. Amen. I've been riding motor scooters and then up to motorcycles since I was, well, I started on the back of my dad's when I was about nine years old. And then uh, as soon as I reached 14, you could get a scooter license, motorcycle license at 14 when I was growing up and began riding them then. But look what the Lord has done. Amen. I like to say, if you have a problem with motorcycles, of course, nobody in here does, but if you have a problem with motorcycles, get over it, because God is using it big time. Amen? Praise God. Man, I love the feel of this pulpit. I'm going to get Scott to put an engine on it so I can just ride out of here when I get through. Praise God. Amen. And uh, we have a very special guest tonight uh, that we've asked to come and minister to you, uh, and it's going to be some... Just some real old-fashioned church music. Isn't that, isn't that right, Terry? Just some real old-fashioned church music. And uh, Terry is an amazing guy. Uh, I've never really cared that much for rap music. But I'm beginning to like it because of him. He writes some amazing songs. And one of them was about me. Amen. And the favor of God on my life. You going to sing that tonight? 
The favor flow. Everybody say the favor flow. Now, you're not going to be able to sit down and you're not going to act like a Sunday go to meeting Christian. You're going to get wild in here tonight. Okay? So just let your hair down. And for some of you that don't have it, let your hair grow. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, this, is a, this is a motorcycle rally. Amen. So uh, uh, we're, we're just going to have a great time. And so I want you to welcome Terry Miner. Give him a good hand as he comes. Come on, Terry. Bless you, man. This one. How y'all doing tonight? Go ahead and get up, stand up on your feet, stand up, stand up. Now, this is my first time at Heritage of Faith Christian Center. My first time. And I'm glad that my first time coming, I'm already officially a member of the Church of Life. All right. Give God the praise. Amen. Now, we are going to do Favor Flow, but we're also going to do another song first. Can, would y'all like that? Yeah. You know, I know we got a room full of people who are excited about the Word of God. You know, and there's, there's nothing like the Word. So I seen, now, now before we begin, I seen a few people up here worshiping. Like he said, it's some good old-fashioned worship and praise. So you can go ahead and come back up on up here with your brother. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be afraid. Come on, come on up. Come on up. Now, the reason why is because, you know, I, I love celebrating and worshiping God with my family in Christ. You know? And this song is called In the Word. And, you know, we all been through a lot. I've, you know, we all got on our own different stories. But, you know, the Word is faithful. God is faithful. And he's for each and every single one of us. Give God the praise. Amen. So say it like this. Say it like this. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word, man. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word, man. I see we got a, I see we got a lot of white folk in here. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, so now we're going to flip it and say it like this. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word, man. Come on. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word, man. Look, I see Mr. Favor and Brother Bill got that lean already. They, look, they're already leaning. Come on. Wait. We got to be like them. Come on. Lean. We said, say it. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word, man. Come on. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word, man. Make some noise for Jesus, y'all. Y'all got it. Y'all ready. Go ahead and start that. Go ahead and start that. I want to see everybody make some noise for Jesus if you with me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Never stop me off in the rhythms you can't got me focus like I'm boxing, throwing haymakers. Like Rocky, I would not faint, I would not fall. Why? I got the making of a champion, lest there's something wrong. Bold and majestic, gotta be the hardest. Never heard of a DJ and rap artist. Do it, how you doing? I'ma introduce myself though. I flow in the grace of God, like Creflo. Put me in the game, coach, I'm going in. I'ma lay hands on them like I'm being in. Worldwide, gotta tell them what's good. Say it can't steal your joy, then it can't keep your goods. Never give up, no more punting. I call it white, I'm ready for my seven. Send me to the world, send me to the world. I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm a super kid, Commander Kelly. Make his now take charge, take a stand. Pursue his will, 
Come on, I want everybody here in front. Come on, come on, come on, say it with me. Come on, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, man. Come on, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, man. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey, ladies, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, man. I'll obey the word of God, his promises won't delay, so I will stay on path and stay on point. Put down the drugs and the sin, and embrace this new joint. Let God take it high, you will never have to come down. Spiritual walking and talking and doing the word, faith above ground. I keep my flesh on, huh? Call it feeling it. Die to sin, got new life, call it heavenly. Recognition, I'ma finish my mission Changing life to Satan The soul's ready for healing Take position This message for the sinners Saints, saints, outlaws He died upon the cross And rose again He came first off It's not about me But about him That's who the glory for I learned to receive And take my healing Shout out to Gloria Blessings are coming And you don't want to miss it Like Bill Winston Bread comes with I'm pursuing to have the colors of the God kind From above the planet Like the man who went to heaven Jesse do planets We're in time People time be seated, God is bigger than anything that tries to block hope or hinder. Let's go. I'm in the word, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, man. I'm in the word, I'm in the word, I'm in the word. Come on, I'm in the word, I'm in the word, I'm in the word. Come on, come on, I'm in the word, man. I'm in the word, 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 This ain't rap music, this is Christian rap. God can't claim it if his name ain't on down. The content of my lyrics won't change, so get used to it, vibe to it. Christian rap music, Christ influence my flow code. Talk to the nations, we universal. We're saying tries to put in motion, we put reversal. We're seeing it, taking healing by faith until the curse goes. The Bible everywhere you go, ain't women with their purse on. We may have disagreements, but I ain't got no problem with you. Like Keith Moore telling it's so good to see you. Walk in love. Show them proof that you in the word. Take the word to show yourself approved. It's time to be heard. Don't be surprised if this is Holy Ghost field. Divine time, we gon' get it at real. You already got it, so stop stressing. It's time to warn them, Jack. Quit trying to get it. You got it. Andrew Womack, a flow that inspired and influenced to the nuisance. Leave the Bible as it is without putting your two cents in. It's time to dive in the scriptures. You know I'm all in it. You know we got to do favor flow. Anybody want to join in with me?
Say favor flow. Say give me that favor flow. And it said, give me the favor flow. I said, give me that. Say that. Now say that. Not T-H-A-T, D-A-T. Say that. Say, give me that favor flow. Look, all we doing is decreeing the thing. I said, all we doing is decreeing the thing. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. So the it that we are decreeing is the holy word of God. And if you decree the word of God, you do not have to worry about being let down because his word does not return void. It's incorruptible seed. So when y'all open up y'all mouth, y'all speaking this over yourself. You speaking this over your family. You speaking this over your loved ones. I didn't come just to rap and have fun and jump around. I want to see some miracles. I want to see something. But praise God, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And we believe the word of God. Say favor flow. So if you expect their favor, you should be speaking it. Amen. Every day say, Lord, show me your glory. Say, show me your goodness. I'm sorry if I got ahead of you, brother. Mr. Favor. <laughs> Amen. It's in me. It's in me. It's in me. So I may say a lot of things that sound like you, but I do it all day every day when I'm not around you, period. It's in me. Amen. If we want favor, and God gave, you see how God gave this man favor. Thank God he's not a respecter of persons. If he did it for him, that means he can do it for somebody like me. Somebody like you. He's just looking for somebody that's available, and he's also looking for somebody that's just willing to not quit. Not quit. If you can decree it through the storm, you can rejoice in the storm. Just like my, my, my big sister, Jerry Ann, was talking about recently on the broadcast, that joy broadcast. I hope y'all watch that. Amen. I needed that. We all need that. And if you can have joy right now, how excited would you be if you, if, if you could already see what was about to come to pass for you? How excited would you be? Would you be excited right now? Come on, get excited. Come on. Come on. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. Get fed up with the devil. Get fed up with the devil. Say favor flow. Give me that favor flow. It's just like Mr. Fa Mr. Favor said in his book, The Faithful Shall Flourish. What he said is persistent faith is what qualifies you for flourishing. Do we have people who's qualified for flourishing in this place tonight? Say favor flow. Give me that favor flow. Let's go. Let's go. Y'all got it. Amen. Can we get some music in the monitor, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Check, check. Y'all ready? Come on, y'all. Come on, get loose. Get loose. I see we got a sign up here jumping. Come on. Everybody on your feet. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let me hear you. Give me that favor flow. Let me hear you. Come on. Favor flow. Give me that favor flow. Let me hear you. Favor flow. Give me that favor flow. Let me hear you. Come on. Favor flow. Come on. Flow. 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 Favor flow. 
flow. Come on, give me that flavor flow. Let me hear you. Flavor flow. Give me that flavor flow. Come on. Flavor flow. Somebody say, give me the favor flow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord another good shout of praise. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Terry. And listen to you pastors. Uh, Terry is out speaking, ministering. He doesn't just sing. He preaches, as you can tell. Man, the anointing God is on him. And he got a powerful message. 
So invite him to come to your church. Invite him to come to your rallies, whatever uh, youth meetings, whatever you got going on, praise God. Let's get this man out there where he can be heard. Can you say amen? All right. Bump somebody's fist. Tell them, get ready, get ready. And you can be seated. Praise God. Bill, straighten this thing out for me. Oh, there it is. All right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Open your Bibles, if you will, first of all, to Isaiah chapter 60 once again. Our theme this year is His glory is upon us. His glory is upon us. Say it with me. His glory is upon us. Say it this way. His glory is upon me. Point to yourself. His glory is upon me. Praise God. That's an awesome statement. It's an awesome truth. And praise God, what an what a awesome privilege it is to live on this planet in the times in which we live, knowing that the glory of the Lord is upon our lives, representing His presence, His power, and His goodness. So Isaiah chapter 60, once again, we've read it earlier today. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Notice, people will see it, the glory. Now, if you ask most Christians today, what is the glory? What is the glory? You'd be amazed at the number of answers you would get. And some of them would not line up with God's word at all. You know, we see examples of the glory all over the Bible. Sometimes it comes in the form of smoke. Sometimes it comes in the form of lightning and thunder and and, uh, various different things. But I don't think that's what he's talking about. He's not saying you're going to be walking around in this dark world and lightning will emanate from you. And smoke will come off of you. It's not likely to happen. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but it's not likely to happen. So what is he saying? The glory shall be seen upon thee. So what he's referring to, if you study your Bible closely, it's the manifested presence, manifested power, and manifested goodness of God. That's what people will see. That's what people need to see. And notice they see it in times of great darkness. That's when they need to see it the most. And I don't know about you, but I believe that is a a description of the world we live in today. It's dark out there. It's getting darker by the moment. And people need to see something that represents a solution, an answer. Amen. And the glory of the Lord on us. The Bible says it will be seen. And notice In verse 3, and the Gentiles, or the non-believers, shall come to thy light. So the glory of the Lord on our lives will act as a magnet. It will draw people to us. Can you say amen? Amen. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Notice Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, Let your light so shine among men. That's what Chariots of Light is all about. We're letting our lights shine. 
when the Lord impressed upon me uh, a number of years ago, back in 1998, to form this ministry, uh, Chariots of Light. I was flying back from California, sitting in the back of my airplane and just uh, relaxing, enjoying getting to come home. And the Lord began to impress upon me that he wanted me to launch into this ministry. And uh, he said, now I want you to call it Chariots of Light. And he gave me Philippians chapter 2, where we are to go into a dark and polluted world, shining as lights. Amen. That's where the name came from, Chariots of Light. He gave me the logo, gave me uh, uh, what, what to put on it and so forth. Come home, gave it to the art department. They began to work on it. And little did we know in those early days that it would reach the level that it has reached today. You know, we started out just as uh, uh, guys that worked in my ministry, uh, myself, Rodney, uh, my son-in-law and uh, three or four other guys that rode motorcycles. We just did it, first of all, as just a way to fellowship, go have a breakfast run. And as we did that, we had an opportunity, seemed like every time we went out, an opportunity to minister to somebody. Those bikes attracted people. Rhonda, you probably remember this. We rode one day out uh, uh, going past uh, Brian Irving Road, and there's a, a Cracker Barrel restaurant out there on the highway. We stopped in there to have breakfast. And um, there was only about seven or eight of us. And, and uh, somebody come by and saw our vest and said, uh, do you guys own those motorcycles out there? Yeah, we do. They said, there's a good looking bikes. And uh, the, fir- the th- first thing that drew them was the motorcycle. We hadn't said a word yet. We hadn't preached. We hadn't done anything. The motorcycles drew them. And they were asking us about it. And, and then the guy said, uh, and, and we had prayed. Don't let me forget this part. We had prayed before we left the ministry. Lord, cause uh, our bikes, our vest, whatever, to attract somebody that we can minister to. And so there, there he was, him and his family. They had just graduated from the Baptist seminary. And they were going out for their first assignment out in West Texas, to a little small church. And uh, he said, uh, I just accepted an a, a invitation to come and try out to be the pastor of this little church, just a handful of people. They were excited, you know. They graduated from the seminary, and now they're headed into full-time ministry. And uh, it was pretty obvious that they were uh, in need of finances. And so we're sitting there having breakfast, you know, and... and uh, uh, we said, guys, I said to the guys, let's all, let's all sow a seed into their lives and help them get to that little town and be the first people to sow into their ministry. Amen. And they were just overwhelmed that we would do that. And we said, well, that's what we're here for. That's what we're all about, praise God. Little did we know that that would become something that would carry us for the next 20-some-odd years into reaching people all over the world. A quarter, over a quarter of a million people have come to Christ just because of the Chariots of Light Motorcycle Ministry. That, that doesn't include any of my overseas meetings, campaigns, crusades, whatever you want to call them, or any of my church meetings here in America, other than when we uh, set it up as a church tour for Chariots of Light. 
But this is mostly one-on-one evangelism. Amen. And those of you that are members, you know that we've said from the beginning, to be a member of Chariots of Light, number one, you have to have a passion for God. Number two, you have to have a passion for souls. And then number three, a passion for motorcycles. And we keep it in that order. We never allow the passion for motorcycles to become first. Amen. The motorcycle is just a tool to get us there. Hallelujah. Amen. And what a great tool it is. In fact, sometimes when we're on these tours, uh, we've had as many as 100 people on tour. One time up in Montana, had nearly 100 people on tour. And we're riding through the beautiful state of Montana, big country, you know, and big sky country is what they call it. And I'm looking back there as all these bikes coming behind me. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. And suddenly I begin to think, God pays me to do this. <laughs> Hallelujah. I do it for free. Don't tell him. But I do it for free. <laughs> Amen. I remember uh, riding my bike by myself a lot of times before I ever started chariots. And I'd have some of our road crew to hook up our trailer, put my bike in it. And when the meetings were all over with, I'd say, unload my bike, I'm going to ride it home. And I'd be out there riding all by myself and uh, just enjoying the scenery, enjoying my fellowship with the Lord and never dreamed at that point that someday we'd be doing this as a major outreach. And now, praise God, I get to ride motorcycles all over the world. We've got chapters in South Africa, got chapters in Australia. I've, I've got to ride all over the world. I've ridden through the the Italian Alps. That is some fun, hallelujah. I went to Ducati in Italy, and they gave me a VIP tour of the plant. And afterwards they said, would you like to ride one of our Ducatis? I said, is the Pope Catholic? Of course, they understand that in Italy. And uh, I said, yes, I'd like to ride one of your new Ducatis. And they allowed me to take a new Ducati out and ride through the Italian Alps. And when I got back, uh, the following week, we were going to the Ferrari plant. And so uh, I didn't get the VIP tour, but I did get to see a little bit of the Ferrari plant. And I told the guy who showed me around, I said, uh, I was at Ducati last week, and they let me ride a new Ducati. Are you going to let me drive a new Ferrari? They said, no. <laughs> But then the following year, I went back and did an Italian tour. I preached in several different cities. And one of the churches that I was in, uh, a man who is an executive with Ferrari, heard that I had been there the year before and and didn't get to drive a Ferrari. So he said, when I got there, uh, would you like to come and have a VIP tour of the Ferrari plant? I said, yes, sir, I would. He said, well, you'll be my guest. So we had several guys that went with us, and we got to tour the Ferrari plant. And then afterwards, he said, now, I understand that when you were here last year, you didn't get to drive a Ferrari, but I've arranged for you to do that this year. Not only that, he said, I have assigned to you a Formula One race driver. And he said, "Uh, uh, we've got the Ferrari sitting out in front, and uh, the one that you're going to drive, and uh, he's going to be your host. And so when I got in, we introduced ourselves, and, and I got in the car, and he said, now, you're driving. Now, I'm not, I'm not driving. You're driving. And uh, he said, now, let me ask you a question. Would you like to go to our test track and drive it, or would you like to go to the back country and drive it? I said, what would you recommend? 
being a Formula One race driver. He said, the back country. I said, let's go to the back country. And so he said, all right, I'll tell you how to get out there. So we drove out away from the city. And he said, now, uh, a short distance from here, uh, there is a roundabout. And there's not much traffic out there. And he said, this is where you can see what this car will do. He said, now, I want you to go around the roundabout. And I went around it. He said, next time, faster. I went a little faster. He said, faster. I went around it again. He said, faster. Man, I'm going around this roundabout, and this car is hugging the the track. I mean, it, it was effortless. And he said, now, when we come back to this other side, there's a straightaway, and I want you to punch it. Go for it. That's what I wanted to hear. Hallelujah. <laughs> and boy, when we got on that straightaway, I got that Ferrari up to 180 miles an hour. 180 miles an hour. Go ahead and touch me, Billy. It'll be all right. Praise God. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face for three weeks after I got home. And, and when I got back to the plant, the guys that went with me, Tony and uh, the pastor, uh, um, uh, Mauro Gigenti, and uh, some, let's see, John Ben Dixon from South Africa, they were all standing there waiting for me to get back. They saw the smile on my face, and they knew I had had a good time, praise God. That's the favor of God, I say. I say, that's the favor of God, amen? Amen. Now, what that has to do with my sermon, I have no idea, but I just wanted to tell you that, praise God. Amen. No, what I'm saying is, the glory of the Lord shining on us becomes an attraction. Amen. Becomes an attraction. That's, that's why we use the motorcycles. Because the bikes themselves become an attraction. We're always drawing people. Every time we stop uh, to, to refuel or to stop to get something to eat, there's always somebody coming and looking at the bikes. And of course, we're all got our vest on and eventually... Uh, we're in uh, 7-Elevens or convenience stores or cafes, and you'll see some of the guys over there, and people got their heads bowed, and they're leading them to the Lord. Praise God. Amen. But it all started because of the motorcycle. It attracted them. I like, I like uh, to watch little kids. I remember when I was a little boy, and my, I had an uncle, my dad's brother. He rode a, a 57 uh, Harley, and... Uh, Oh, I, I, I loved just looking at that bike. And I just, I just uh, could hardly wait to get big enough to ride it myself. But I used to ride on the back of his bike. And he'd take me all over, you know, Vicksburg, Mississippi on the back of this bike. And, and uh, I can remember uh, he'd take me to the dealership, the Harley dealership from time to time. And back then, they certainly weren't show places as they are today. They were in the worst part of town and a lot of outlaws hung out there, you know. And, but we'd go over there, and uh, he might have to do something, uh, do some repairs or something, and I'd get to walk in there and look at the new Harleys. Oh, I was just captivated by it. And I get to watch now, every time I get on my bike and go somewhere, a lot of times little kids are getting out of the car with their families, and the first thing that little kid wants to do is go over and look at that bike. You know, he, he's attracted by the chrome, you know, the shininess. And, uh, and a lot of times I'll say, hey, would you like to sit on it? Really? His eyes get this big. Yeah, sit on it. 
let's get a picture together. And boy, they're taking pictures, you know, and he's just beaming. Amen. And a lot of times it'll turn into an opportunity to, to witness, to minister to the family, and so forth. It's an attraction. God wants us to be people who attract others. That's why he put his glory on us. Amen. People can tell when God's doing something in your life. People can tell when the, you're experiencing the goodness of God. Amen. You got that silly grin. Amen. You just can't wipe it off when you know that, that God has been doing some good things for you and uh, God's been doing the miraculous for you. God has given you turnarounds and breakthroughs. You just can't wipe the smile off your face. Amen. And you'd be amazed at how many people are attracted to just a smile because a lot of people never see a smile in their own homes. Amen. Amen. We're living in a crazy world today. Yeah. Amen. A lot of people never hear a kind word. Uh, a lot of people never hear anybody speak well of them or stop and take a few moments to even talk to them, you know, and then offer to pray for them. A lot of people are shocked that you'd offer to pray for them. That's the reason the glory of the Lord will be seen upon us. It will be used as an attraction. And I believe God is about to intensify that. He's going to intensify it. Why? Because we're running out of time. The, the time limit on this planet is, is rapidly coming to a close. Jesus is coming soon. You believe that? Praise God. Well... He wants every person to have an opportunity to hear the truth and come into the knowledge of the truth. And that's where you and I come in. So notice here once again, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness to people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And once again, Jesus said, let your light so shine among men. The Apostle Paul tells us, and this is the foundation of our Church Light Ministry, Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, you all know it, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And I don't think that is a suggestion. I believe that is a command of the Lord, that we are to shine as lights in the world. Amen. It's God's command for us to align ourselves with his ultimate goal. And that is bring as many people to heaven as we can possibly bring. Praise God. Heaven was created for men. Amen. And God wants the place full. Hallelujah. And apparently it's not quite full yet because this planet has not seen its last days yet. It's rapidly approaching it. But there's still room for more. In fact, there's another quarter of a million people going to Christ because of chariots of, or going to heaven because of chariots of light. And do you realize that many of those people may have never heard the gospel had it not been for chariots of light? For these passionate, faithful people that go into these outreaches? You know, a lot of these places that, uh, that we send the teams to, uh, they're, they're certainly not Christian-oriented. Some of them are... Oh, my Lord. You talk about perversion. Some are, sometimes you have to walk around with your hands over your eyes. You know? I mean, it's just perversion. It's, it's... Everything goes. 
You know, that's why the Bible says it's a crooked and a perverted world. Another translation says a polluted society. Amen. And a lot of those people would have never heard the truth had it not been for people like the chariots of light going into them and going to minister to them. Brother Copeland said one time that this is one of the last days ministries, talking about chariots of light. It's one of the last days ministries. Amen. I'm privileged to know that God considers us valuable to him. Can you say amen? amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you're valuable to God. You're a chariots of light. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is what we were created for. We were created for his glory to shine upon us and to shine through us. Say this with me. I was created for God's glory to shine on me and to shine through me. Can you say amen? The perverted and crooked world needs our witness more so now than it ever has before. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Notice we were created for his glory. Not only does that mean, I believe it's a twofold application, not only does it mean we were created to experience his glory, but it's also meaning that we were created to be vessels of his glory, instruments of his glory. Amen. We were created for his glory. We were created to bring him glory. We were created to experience his glory. And we were created to be instruments of his glory. Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 23 says, Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known. This is God speaking. I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And how is that all going to come about? Through us. Through his people. We are the instruments to show forth his glory. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 14, God tells us how he's going to do that. I will fill you with my spirit. I will fill you with my spirit. I shall put my spirit in you. Amen. And, and you do know that God didn't put his spirit in us. He didn't baptize us in the Holy Ghost just so we could call ourselves Pentecostal. It's a whole, much, whole lot deeper revelation there. The Bible says from Jesus himself in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, you shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. That's the reason why God filled us with his spirit. He wanted to fill us with his power. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you're filled with power. Say that with me. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I'm filled with his power. Say it again. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I'm filled with his power. I like what I heard Brother Copeland say back there in the early days when, when I first started traveling with him, working with him. He was preaching a message about the Holy Spirit. And he said, when God filled you and I with the Holy Spirit, we became wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You've heard the phrase wall-to-wall carpet. Well, I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. And then he said this, the reason a lot of people can't stand when you lay hands on them because there's only a skin's difference between you and the Holy Ghost. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? 
only a skin's difference away. Hallelujah. Let, get your hand on somebody right now. Amen. There's only a skin's difference between you and the Holy Ghost and power. Hallelujah. That's the reason the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not they might, not hopefully, they will, they shall recover. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Lay your hands on somebody around you again and say this. And in the name of Jesus, because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And God told me to lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. If you have any sickness or any disease in your body right now, I believe by the laying on of my hands and by the anointing of God that resides within me, you are receiving your healing right now. And give the Lord a shout, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, you shall be my witnesses. A witness implies those whose lives and actions testify to having experienced that he's alive. Amen. I'm a witness that he's alive. I like what T.L. Osborne used to say at the end of every crusade. If Jesus is indeed alive today, then let him do now what he did before they crucified him. And boy, the miracles would begin to happen. I love that. If Jesus is indeed alive, then let him do now, today, what he did before they crucified him. Or what did he do before they crucified him? Acts 10, 38. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed to the devil. For God was with him. Hallelujah. Amen. We are witnesses that he's alive. Hallelujah. How many of you know for a fact he's alive? Say, my Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Say it again. My Jesus is alive. And I'm a witness to that fact. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's begin saying that in our church services. If Jesus is indeed alive, then let him do right now what he did before they crucified him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to lift my hands right now and say, I receive that. I receive that. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I remember a number of years ago, and some of you may have heard some of these testimonies, but it's my sermon. I can repeat them if I want to. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the nation of Hungary. And the Berlin Wall had just fallen. And prior to that, I was preaching in Sweden. And a man from Hungary and his wife, a minister, came to Sweden to hear me and to ask me to help them get faith-building material into their country. Now, at this time, uh, at this particular time, uh, communism was still reigning in uh, that country and all over Europe. Soviet Union, so forth. And uh, to get faith-building material into Hungary, you had to smuggle it in. This man had already been to prison three times for preaching the gospel in Hungary. And, and when they would let him out, uh, he'd start preaching again. 
And of course, now they're kind of keeping an eye on him because they know this guy's not going to stop preaching. And every time they find out where he's holding meetings, they arrest him and put him back in prison. And so when he, he got out, and he's telling me this, he said, uh, when they released me the last time, he said, I couldn't announce where we we're going to have services because if they got word of it, they put me in prison again. So he said, I told two people that were close associates or people that, that worked with him. He said, I told two people where we're going to have a meeting. And he said, and you spread the word for everybody to just pray in the Holy Ghost and God will reveal to them where we're having the meeting. Because they couldn't announce where they're having the meeting. Because if they got word of it, the authorities would be there, arrest him and put him back in prison. So if you wanted to come to a church service during those days, and I'm talking about a Holy Ghost meeting, because he's a Holy Ghost preacher, praise God. If you wanted to come to his meetings, come to his church, which was underground church, you had to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit and find out from the Holy Ghost where you would meet. I thought after he told me that, if that was to happen in America, nobody would show up. If everybody had to pray in the Holy Ghost to find out where the meeting is, it'd just be the pastor and his wife. Moving right along. But he'd have a house full of people. I mean, they'd pack it out. And so he came and said, I need you to help me get some faith-building material into Hungary. And so when we got home, we set up, uh, made arrangements to do so. And uh, we were getting material in there before the Berlin Wall fell. And then shortly after the Berlin Wall fell, then he asked me to come and preach. And so uh, I didn't know. I mean, who knows me in Hungary? And uh, uh, I'd never been there before, obviously, for the reason being it was still under communist control. But now the Berlin Wall fell. And... Uh, uh, they weren't as strict about preaching the gospel in there as they had been. So I agreed to come. And I didn't have any idea how many people would show up. I didn't know if I was going to be preaching to a, uh, just a, a living room full of people. I didn't know if I was going to be preaching to, you know, maybe a couple of hundred people. I had no idea. But just before I left, Carolyn Rattan, who worked for me for, what, nearly 30 years, 25 years, Carolyn found out that after the Berlin Wall fell, the mayor uh, in, in Budapest, Hungary, had entered into a relationship with the mayor in Fort Worth. And he was asking the mayor in Fort Worth to teach him how to operate as a democracy in Amsterdam. So they had a relationship. And Carolyn found this out. I don't know how she found it out, but she found it out. And so she contacted the mayor's office. It's not the current mayor, but the mayor that was in office at those, in those days. And she contacted the mayor's office and said, uh, Dr. Savell is going to Budapest. Would you be interested in him being a, curi a courier? And would you like to send something to the mayor in Budapest through Dr. Savell? So I became an official courier with a document from the mayor of Fort Worth. Not only that, but he contacted the mayor in Budapest and let him know I was coming. And I had a special document for him. Well, then the mayor 
began to broadcast the meetings. When I got to Budapest, Hungary, when I landed there, now in Europe, every telephone pole becomes a billboard. Isn't that right? I mean, uh, every, every uh, column on a building becomes a billboard. When I left the airport, I saw my picture all over the city on telephone poles, on, on uh, columns and buildings. And I didn't know what it was saying because it's in Hungarian. And it had my picture. And then it, it said, it, it used the word hit, H-I-T. And it had something else. The only word I could make out was hit, H-I-T. And so I asked my driver, I said, what is, the, what is that under my picture? He said, the hit man is coming to Budapest. <laughs> and then I found out that hit in Hungarian is faith. Yeah. Amen. So the faith man is coming to Budapest. Amen. So I was the hit man in Budapest, praise God. And then right under my picture was Fats Domino. And Fats Domino was doing a, a concert in Budapest. And so me and Fats were invading, you know, you could say uh, Fats and Skinny was invading Budapest. Praise God. I thought that was very interesting. And then they took me directly to the mayor's office. When I, I didn't even get to the hotel first. Went to the mayor's office. And uh, so I gave him what was presented to me from the mayor of Fort Worth. And he read it and so forth. And he said, we have been promoting your meeting here. And uh, we're expecting a great crowd. And then he asked me this question. He said, could you explain to me why you have such joy? I said, yes, sir, I can explain that to you. It's because of Jesus. Now, you have to understand, this nation has lived in oppression, just like all the other communist nations. They've been lied to for years and years and years that God didn't exist. And they saw this joy on me. And he said, would you explain to me why you have such joy? I said, it's because of Jesus. And uh, so he said, I'll be in the meeting tonight. So we went to the hotel, and then when we got ready to go to the meeting, I asked the pastor, I said, where is the meeting going to be held? He said, the sports arena. I said, the sports arena? He said, yes, there will be 13,000 people there. When I walked in that arena, and it still brings tears to my eyes to this day, and saw 13,000 people packed in that arena, wanting to hear many of them, most of them, for the very first time, Jesus. That God was not dead, God is alive. Hallelujah. When I, when I, when I walked out there, and they turned it over to me, I couldn't hold back the tears. I, I had to say, excuse me, and I had to walk back behind the curtain and I couldn't control the tears. And finally, I came back out there, and I began to preach Jesus. The Bible says uh, Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And I took that very verse and just preached Christ unto them. And in a few moments, people started jumping out of the top level onto the main floor and running to the front to receive Christ. When I actually gave the invitation, now I hadn't given the invitation yet, they started jumping out of the top section onto the main floor and running to the front. And when I finally gave the invitation, it looked like all 13,000 of them tried to come forward. 
It was amazing. Amen. What was happening? The glory of the Lord was being seen upon me. And God was using it as an attraction, an attention getter. The mayor came to uh, the room that they had me in, like a speaker's room, after the service. And he said to me, he said, uh, and and one of the uh, uh, people that was in charge of the media came to the room and he said, we didn't explain, uh, we didn't understand what you meant when you told us at the beginning that this joy came from Jesus. But we understand it now. Amen. And they wrote beautiful articles in the newspaper about the meeting. Well, Buddy Harrison had gone with me. And Buddy was always amazing in teaching on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the next morning we invited everybody that could come to come and hear Buddy Harrison talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. There were over a thousand people got filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, just as quick as Buddy prayed, they began to speak in tongues. Amen. Well, then they asked me to come back. And so I came back a few years later. And by this time, this is now a full-fledged, right in the open, in-your-face church in Budapest, Hungary. And I preached three morning services with 5,000 people in each service. Hallelujah. And boy, I'm telling you, the anointing of God hit that place. It was absolutely amazing. Amen. Well, I began to see just a glimpse of where God's taking this thing. Amen. He said the glory will be seen upon us. And when will it be seen upon us? When will it intensify? When the world is in its darkest hour. Amen. I like to say it this way. When the world gets darker and darker, the church is going to get brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Say, I'm part of the church. I'm going to get brighter and brighter. Amen. So we've been talking about going to the next level, going to a higher level. Praise God. So once again, Ezekiel 37, 14 says, And I shall put my spirit in you. And where the spirit is, the power of God is. Where the Holy Spirit is, the power of God also resides there. And he says, You will receive power and you shall be my witness. And once again, a witness implies those whose lives and actions testify to the fact that Jesus is alive, that they have experienced his power. They have experienced his goodness. They have experienced his presence, and they're able to display it as well. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. It also implies when you are a witness that you are one who can solemnly affirm that Jesus is indeed alive and your witness will be used to attract others. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I was created for his glory. glory. Tell somebody next to you, I was created for his glory. I I was reading a book not too long ago and this gentleman made some interesting comments and I, I borrowed them and I want to share them with you right now, just right out of my notes. Generally speaking, people tend to respond to signs, wonders, and miracles. And that's all involved in displaying his glory. Acts chapter 8 verse 6 says, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Notice, 
it wasn't just the good preaching that attracted them. It was the good preaching along with the miracles that attracted them. Amen. Good preaching, praise God, we'll, we, we'll never uh, reach a place where we can't, uh, we, we don't want good preaching anymore. But good preaching should be accompanied with signs, wonders, and miracles. Can you say amen? amen? The Bible says in the 16th chapter of Mark that they went forth, preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Jesus told the disciples, go preach, go teach, and heal the sick, and raise the dead, and cast out the devil, and, and cleanse the leper. So notice the assignment was not just to preach, but to demonstrate the power, demonstrate the glory, and it will become a great attention getter. Brother Hagin used to say that healing and signs and wonders and miracles, God uses like a dinner bell. Amen. Letting people know it's ready. Hallelujah. Amen. The dinner bell. Hold your hand up and say, we need more dinner bells in our services. Amen. Praise God. And you were created. God says you were created for his glory. Now, I want you to go with me uh, to the book of Acts chapter 2 and read something there. And while you're turning there, this gentleman said this. If you study church history, you'll find that during the first three centuries, it is obvious that the Holy Spirit empowered believers to perform signs, wonders, and miracles. And because of this, it became the single greatest factor contributing to the rapid growth of the Christian church. That's during the first three centuries. Now, the Bible says in Acts 2.47, the Lord added to the church daily. The message translation says, people in general liked what they saw. Notice it didn't say liked what they heard. Well, apparently they liked what they heard, but they also liked what they saw. Amen. How many services do we have today where people walk out saying, boy, I liked what I saw? What did they see? Did they see anything? Did they say anything? Sometimes we settle for three points and a poem. And a benediction. And an offering. And we'll see you again next week. The Bible said in the message translation, people in general liked what they saw and every day their numbers grew. Hallelujah. Mass conversions, which were directly attributed to the miracles that took place caused the church to reach 5 million people within the first three centuries. First three centuries, 5 million people were attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's still a lot of people out there that have not heard yet. Amen? You know, uh, Joe and Eric uh, uh, left, when was it? Uh, Yesterday? Wednesday? They left for Ethiopia. And uh, to do a graduation service for our Bible school and, and also to have a pastor seminar, minister seminar. They're expecting up into thousands of, of ministers to, to be there. Amen. And, and I know Joe. Joe's been working for me, working with me for 
35 years or 38 years, something like that. And, uh, uh, you know, Joe is a, a, a wonderful minister of the gospel, but he's very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I, I, he texted me uh, when they got to Dubai, and then they were getting ready to catch their next flight on into Ethiopia. And he texted me and said, we're here safely, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I can't sleep. And, uh, and I, I, I texted him back, and I said, uh, I'm praising God for you guys, and I'm praising God that you're fulfilling the assignment that God's given you. And, I, and I'm decreeing over you that you were created for signs and wonders and miracles. And God is going to show you his glory. All over Ethiopia, praise God. Amen. God's going to show you his glory. You know, Joe and I have been traveling to Africa and all over the world, but particularly Africa, since the early 70s. And uh, every time we've gone, we've seen signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, uh, it's commonplace almost. Uh, people expect it. People come to the meetings expecting it. I remember I, I went to uh, Nigeria a number of years ago. And by the way, Brother Copeland and I were in Nigeria just a couple of months ago. And uh, uh, we had a minister's conference which had thousands of people in it. He and I both preached in that conference. And then on Sunday, uh, he preached twice. They had several services. I mean, they have services all day long. And the two services that he preached in, there were over 200,000 people. Amen. In each service, they could get as many in the building as they could, and they're getting ready to build a new building. <laughs> and then there was at least 100,000 100, people outside surrounding the, the, the church auditorium. Amen. So in each one of those services, he was ministering to a couple of hundred thousand people. And I remember when, when I went to Nigeria for the first time back in the early 80s, uh, I was doing some open-air meetings. And when we arrived there in a place called Oweri, Nigeria, uh, thousands of people, 50,000 people, were standing out in the hot sun. Jesse says uh, uh, when it gets hot in New Orleans or hot in Texas, he says, it's Africa hot. You know, <laughs> well, it does get hot in Africa. And those people showed up around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 50,000 people. And I didn't even get to the, to the open field there until nearly 8 o'clock that night. They're standing there shoulder to shoulder, you know, and just in that hot sun waiting for this meeting to begin. And, and when we were almost there, people were chasing and running down the car that I was in. And they were shouting, he's here, he's here. The man of God is here. And they ran and followed the car all the way to the place where the meeting was being conducted. And when I got out of the car, I found out what it means to be thronged. The Bible says, you know, they thronged Jesus. They were pulling on me. They were trying to touch me. I could hardly get through the crowd to get to the platform. They were so hungry. They were expecting, praise God. Amen. And, and when the service was turned to me, I got up and I just simply opened with Jesus, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And the miracle started happening. I mean, I didn't preach five minutes. And the miracle started happening. Twenty-one blind people instantly recovered their sight, praise God. Twenty-one of them. Amen. 
One of them was the banker. He was uh, uh, the vice president of the bank. And everybody there knew him. And he came up and testified first. I once was blind, but now can I see? And boy, after he testified, you just looked out across there and it's like the anointing was flowing over that crowd like waves on the, on the sea. And all of a sudden, crutches are being held up. Wheelchairs are being tossed aside. I never preached more than five minutes, quoted one scripture. Jesus, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. What's happening? I'm being a witness that he's alive. Amen. They're seeing the glory. Hallelujah. And I believe, praise God, we're headed for meetings. Oh, my. The Bible says all things were created by him and for him. Uh, I'd like to announce that Texas Stadium, AT&T Stadium, was not built for the Cowboys. It was built for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one day, and I believe it's not too far down the road, they're going to pack that place out with believers and people that need to come into the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we were in uh, Cuba earlier this year. And... uh, we were preaching there, and, and I had a marvelous time, marvelous meeting, and I was just overwhelmed by the hunger of these people. And, and I was overwhelmed by how joyful they were, and they had absolutely nothing, but they had Christ. In fact, I went back to my room one night, and I was in tears, and I felt, I felt ashamed that I, all this stuff I have, and these people have nothing. And I felt ashamed. And the Lord said, no, don't feel ashamed. That's the reason I've blessed you, so you could reach people like this. He said, if you weren't prospering, you couldn't be here. And, and preaching there in Cuba, and, and we, we were able to help the pastor purchase some land to build his church on. And the, the youth ministers that were living in a little, it looked like a gypsy trailer. It, 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 it was just a little small him and his family living in this, looked like a gypsy trailer. And they were living in that. And their daughter, she led the praise and worship. I have never in my life seen a young girl that face radiated the joy of the Lord like that girl. You wouldn't know that she owned about three dresses. You wouldn't know that she lived in a trailer that had nothing. Didn't have any electricity. I mean, they had electricity, but they didn't have any air conditioning. They didn't have any fans. They didn't have anything. But she'd walk out of there with this big smile on her face, and she'd lead the praise and the worship, and and you just couldn't take your eyes off of her because the glory of the Lord was radiant on her. And when I told her and her mother and dad that I was going to build them a house, you ought to have seen. Oh, and they got they, they got the house finished now, praise God. Oh, they're in that house, glory to God. And the Lord said, don't feel ashamed, you're blessed. That's the reason you are blessed, so you can do things like this, praise God. Amen. And, and I preached at the church on Sunday morning, and the pastor said, uh, we, we receive on the average $5 a week every church service. $5 a week. 
And uh, after I got through preaching, they wanted to receive an offering for me, which I didn't want them to do. And the Lord said, go ahead and receive it. And then make it a twice sown seed. And so they received an offering for me. The pastor was overwhelmed. It was over $500. He said, this is the largest offering that's ever been received in the history of this church. And he hands it to me. And I said, well, sir, is it my offering? He said, yes. I said, can I do whatever I want to with it? Of course. I said, well, then I'm going to sow it back into the church. And I said, use it to do some remodeling on the church. They were overwhelmed, praise God. And, of course, they're asking, when can you come back? (laughs) Amen. That's the reason I'm blessed. I will never be ashamed of being blessed again. Hallelujah. And, And even when... When I get into uh, places like that where there's poverty and, and you know people don't have anything, they're believing for everything, then I come home and my house is filled with precious treasures and, and, and God's blessed me with stuff that most people can only dream of. And you go to places like that and they have nothing. And the Lord said, don't be ashamed of what I've given you. Use it as a tool to reach people like that, praise God. Amen? Amen. What am I doing? I'm shining. I say, I'm shining, praise God. I was shining bright in Cuba. I shined bright in Puerto Rico the other day, didn't we? Went over there with Pastor Jose and his family and, and of course, uh, going downtown one day and and having lunch. uh, I was amazed at all the buildings that were closed. Uh, that that are not even occupied because of that terrible uh, hurricane that hit the island a short time ago, a few years ago. And they don't have the money to redo it. Uh, Some of it, I don't know what they'll do. Some of it, I guess, eventually they'll just tear it down. I don't know. But being over there and being with people that are so hungry, Jose has a church over there. He has a church in Florida, has a church over there. And, of course, he and his wife were were raised there, and, and uh, I was just so overwhelmed by the goodness of God and how hungry the people were. Amen. Uh, Jose has already asked me, uh, when are you coming back? Oh, yeah, I'm coming back. You can count on that, praise God. I'm in my element when I'm in places like that. I like to shine. I say, I like to shine, praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, am I shining? <laughs> praise God. We were created for His glory. We were created for His glory. So once again, the message translation in Acts 2.47 says, People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew. Amen. Mark 16, 17 and 20. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And it says, They went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. For the most part, people embraced their message because of the influence of miracles. Amen. It's wonderful to preach good sermons. Wonderful to preach great sermons. I've been known to preach a few. Hallelujah. Amen. Many of you in here have been known to preach a few great sermons. I, I, I heard Brother Copeland say something the other day when we were flying back from Detroit just a few days ago. He was talking about uh, 
he's about to record. Now, Brother Copeland will be 83 years old in December, and he's about to record a new album. <laughs> and his voice is just as strong as it's ever been. And he decided when Andre Crouch went home to be with the Lord, he had an opportunity to speak to Andre just before he left. And he said, Andre, I know you're headed for heaven. And he said, I just want you to know, the Lord told me to tell you this. They're singing your songs in heaven. Because many of Andre's songs, I mean, they went worldwide. They're anthems. And, and the Lord told Brother Copeland, he said, tell Andre when he gets to heaven, he'll be hearing the angels sing his songs. Isn't that great? And so he said, uh, after uh, he spoke to Andre and spoke to Sandra, his sister, he said, the Lord impressed upon me that I didn't think I'd ever go back in the studio to record another album. He said, but the Lord told me to record an album singing all of Andre's songs. Aww. Amen. Wow. And that's, that's, that's what he's doing. Amen. Can you imagine when you get to heaven that they're singing songs you wrote? Uh, they won't be doing that for me. But for some people, <laughs> when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell the Apostle Paul, I preached all your sermons. <laughs> and I'm hoping that he'll say, and I've preached a few years too since I've been here, praise God. Amen. You don't think we're just going to sit in heaven and pick guitars and flap wings, do you? No. We're going to have church when we get to heaven, praise God. Can you imagine? You know, being in heaven and they're introducing, you know, Oral Roberts, Billy Graham and all these great preachers and Smith Wooldsworth and all them. And they're preaching and we're all shouting. And then they finally say, and the moment we've been waiting for, our special guest, Jesus himself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Boy, won't that, won't that be a sermon? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well. While we're waiting to go, let's shine while we're down here. Can you say amen? Amen. Now listen to this. Clearly there is a connection between Jesus commissioning his disciples to preach the word and his empowering them to perform miracles. Mark chapter 3 verse 14 through 15 says, And he ordained twelve that they should be with him that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. I was praying this afternoon, and I don't know who this is, but I just sensed the leading of the Lord to stop and do it now. Um, Somebody in here has a child that's been going through some torment from the adversary, and it's demonic activity. And you've been praying for that child, and you've been praying for their deliverance. But I was, I was impressed to the Lord today that we ought to come together as a, as a group with a corporate faith and stand with you against that demonic spirit that has attacked your child. Who is that? Would you? And I'm not trying to embarrass you, but would you come up here? Okay, come on up. Come on up. And there could be more than one. But uh, if, if you can identify with that, then come on up. And uh, uh, this, this is going to cease. This torment, this torment is from the devil. And the Bible says 
that your children are sanctified by the believing parents. That means, in layman terms, hands off, devil. Hands off, devil. They're God's property. Amen? How old is this child we're talking about? Tomorrow he's 23. Tomorrow he's 23. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> well, how many of you believe Jesus is alive? And if he is alive, then let him do right now what he did before they crucified him. Amen? Stand to your feet and stretch your hands out toward, toward them. Hallelujah. Everybody pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray loud and pray bold. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Josh, stand, stand behind him. Eliana, stand behind her. Don't put your hands on him yet until I do. Hallelujah. Don't put your hands on him yet until I do. Hallelujah. All right, that's a, that's a picture of that young man. Father, in the name of Jesus, you told us from your word, we read it tonight, that we were created for your glory. We were created to bring you glory. We were created to experience your glory. And we were created to manifest your glory. And where the glory of the Lord is, your presence, your power, and your goodness are there. We have authority over the devil. We have authority over every evil spirit. You spirit of torment. You spirit of harassment. I take authority over you. We take authority over you. We exercise a corporate faith right now. We come against this spirit that has been sent from Satan himself to torment this young man and to rob him of quality of life. Satan, take your hands off God's property. Take your hands off God's property. He's sanctified, set apart by these believing parents. And right now, Satan, your assignment is broken. It's broken in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're expecting good reports. We're expecting that they will see with their eyes significant change in this young man. And we thank you, Father, for doing it. We thank you for manifesting your power. And we rejoice in your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Anybody that's battling diabetes, come up here real quick. Battling diabetes, come up here. Anybody uh, with intestinal problems, 
Come up here very quickly. Hallelujah. We were created for His glory. We were created to manifest His glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, come on, everybody stand in agreement with me. Bill, stand behind Brother John Hall right here. Uh, Billy, stand behind Vic right here. Stand behind one of the, the, the men right here. Stand behind one of the men. Some of the ladies in Jared's light, come, come and stand behind the ladies. Every lady have somebody. Kathy, would you stand behind her? Hallelujah. Kendra, stand behind her. Someone stand behind her. Hallelujah. Everybody got somebody standing behind them? Now, when I say now, I want you to lay your hands on them. But don't do it until I say now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority, our God-given authority. Your word declares that we were created for your glory. We were created for signs, wonders, and miracles. We are to display your glory. We're to show the world that our Savior is alive and He can do right now what He did before they crucified Him. We thank you, Father, that you have empowered us to not only preach the gospel, but to lay hands on the sick and you promise they shall recover. Diabetes, you're under the curse. Intestinal problems, you're under the curse. And we're redeemed from the curse. And Father, when we lay hands upon them, we fully expect your anointing to flow into them and bring about a healing, bring about a cure, bring about a deliverance and a freedom. In Jesus' mighty name, now we lay our hands upon them. Now, now we lay our hands upon them. Now we lay our hands upon them. left side put your hand right there Carolyn where's Carolyn uh, Jerry Terry come and lay your put your hand up there where the pain is in the name 
of Jesus. Stretch your hands out toward her. We were created for signs and wonders and miracles. We were created to display and to demonstrate your glory. Lord, we're doing our part. Now, we expect you to do your part. We laid our hands upon her, and you provide the power. You provide the anointing. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Pain, desist in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a good shout of praise. Girls, girls, which, which side of your head? Which side? Jerry, stretch your hands out toward her. Carolyn, would you would you come as well? Would you would you pray the prayer of faith over her? This pain in the in the area of her temple. In the name. Oh, there it is. Of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. Pain, leave me. Now, once and for all, you don't belong in my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He resides in me. Therefore, His power resides in me. His anointing resides in me. And the Bible says, the anointing destroys the yoke. I'm free. I'm free. And I'll remain free. In Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. We're going to another level. We're going to another level. More signs. More wonders. More miracles. More salvations. More healings. More deliverances. Expected. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, let's give God one more good shout. The best shout. Give him all Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, you can be seated for a moment. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 5. The Apostle Paul is thanking the church in Philippi, which he considered to be a partner church. People that believed in his ministry, believed in his calling. And he says to them that he thanks God for their fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. A lot of theologians believe that by the time Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, that his relationship with them was somewhere between 10 and 20 years. The New Living Translation says, you have been my partners 
in spreading the gospel, the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. You know, that's rare for people to enter into a partner relationship with you the first time they hear you, first time you bring the message to them, and then 10, 20 years down the road, they're still partners with you. That's that's rare. But thank God I have people like that. I, I hear all the time, everywhere I go, Brother Jerry, I've been a partner with you since the early 70s. I've been, I've been uh, supporting your ministry since the early 80s. We've been your partners. I, I love it. That's one of the greatest compliments anybody could ever give me, is I'm your partner. And I understand why Paul is uh, thrilled with this group of people and why they are very special to him. Partners are very special people. Amen. Paul's letter to the church in Philippi uh, was written, uh, once again, somewhere between 10 and 20 years after that church began. The church began in approximately 49 AD. And their partnership with his ministry not only included prayer for him, but also financial support. They supported his ministry. They supported his work. They helped him with his missions trips. In fact, he said, you're the only church that has communicated with me. And that word communicate in little Greek means partnered with me. Can you imagine all the churches that were established under Paul's ministry? And he says, you're the only ones that have continued your support for me. That's a serious indictment against Christians. Amen. Amen. But praise God that there are people like that that believe in you, believe in your calling, believe in the anointing of God on your life that will partner with you. And that's one of the things I love about Chariots of Light. I, I, I love the fact that there is a camaraderie. You know, this is one of the few times that I get to just kind of let my hair down <laughs> and just be amongst them, hallelujah, you know, and fellowship with them, ride with them, eat with them, laugh with them, you know, cut up with them. <clears throat> just, just have fun with them. Most everywhere I go, I see an airport, a hotel, a church, a convention center, and I hardly get to talk to very many people. And sometimes while I'm preaching, I'll, I'll see people out there that I recognize, I know from other meetings, and, and uh, I've uh, been knowing them for quite some time. But it's very seldom that I get to fellowship with them. But that's one of the wonderful things about Chariots of Light. We get to have fun together. We get to hang out together, praise God. Amen. I'm a people person. And to know me is to love me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Praise God. Everybody shake your head. Yes. Amen, Brother Jerry. Amen. I'm a people person. He says in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. A lot of you that uh, uh, God brings your name to my heart while I'm traveling. Uh, I learned this from Brother Copeland. Every time we get on his airplane, before that airplane takes off, the pilots wait for him to do this. He puts his hand on the ceiling and prays over the safety of this trip and commissions the angels to, to uh, surround us and to cause us to reach our destination safely. And then the next thing he does before he says amen, and Lord, thank you for my partners. Thank you for my partners. 
I pray over my partners right now. I've learned to do that, watching him do it over the years. Thank God for my partners. They're the ones who enable us to do what we do. Amen. And I'm not done. In fact, Brother Copeland's been announcing here recently in all the meetings I've been doing with him. And he says it everywhere we go. I mean, he believes it. If anybody believes it, he believes it. He says he's going to live to be 120 years old. And he said, and I'm exactly 10 years older than Jerry, and he can't leave until he's 110. <laughs> Amen. So, praise the Lord. I still got a whole lot of preaching to do. Praise God. What will I look like at 110? Carolyn said, one thing you're going to do is get these eyes fixed. There's skins dropping over your eyes. <laughs> Amen. She's setting up appointments for me right now. I want to look good when I'm 110. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want anything sagging. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm supposed to be shining. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I'm holding you to it. I, I've given in now. She's been telling me I need to do something for a long time. I look like a hound dog, you know. And, <laughs> and she, and she been telling me I look like a hound dog all these years. Will you love it? Well, wait till you see me next. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So, I don't know why I told you that, but thought you'd get a kick out of it. I'll look good at 110, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I've already lost 20 pounds just since April, praise God. I don't look bad for almost 73. I look at a lot of 73-year-olds and, man, they need prayer. <laughs> they need a lot of help. I don't think lipo would help them. I don't think surgery would help them. <laughs> but I got the favor on me. I'm in the favor flow, praise God. <laughs> Amen. So Paul is expressing his gratitude for the people that believed in him the most. They, they not only support him there in Philippi, but often they sent offerings. In fact, he wrote this letter from prison. And they had sent somebody with an offering and brought it to him. Amen. That's very considerate, isn't it? People thinking of you. I, I love it when people write and say, uh, the Lord brought you to my mind today. I remember one time, and this happened many times, John Osteen would call me, and John was a man of few words until he got behind the pulpit. And he'd say, Brother Jerry, this is Pastor John Osteen, Pastor Lakewood International Outreach Center, Houston, Texas. I knew all that, but he had to repeat it anyway. He said, I just wanted you to know, got up this morning, and Dodie and I had you on our minds. We're praying for you. Bye. I wouldn't even get to talk. He'd hang up. And I thought, wow, isn't it great that John Osteen's got me on his mind? I mean, one time I was in Sydney, Australia, and I get a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. I wake up and... I said, hello, Jerry, where are you? This is Kenneth. I said, I'm in Sydney, Australia. He said, what time is it there? I said, three o'clock in the morning. He said, well, go back to sleep and dream I called you and just wanted you to know I was praying for you. <laughs> well, how can you go back to sleep then, you know? I thought, wow, God has Kenneth Copeland call me all the way in Sydney, Australia. 
and let me know that he's praying for me. Got me on his mind. I love it when partners have me on their mind. Amen. And uh, it's likewise. I have you on my mind. We pray for you. Believe God that you're experiencing God's favor and God's best in your lives. So I want to give you an opportunity tonight to, to sow a seed. And it's, let, let me explain this to you, that all of these outreaches we do, the majority of the funds that send the teams to the outreaches comes from Jerry Savelle Ministries International. We, we foot the bill almost entirely. And uh, we, we count it an honor to do so. Because it's seed sown for a special occasion. It's bringing people to Christ. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. Amen. And we're going to be a soul winning ministry all the way up to the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So your seed tonight is going into future outreaches. We have set aside the money for chariots of light. We don't use it for anything else. And your seed is going to help us send these teams into these various outreaches where people are coming to Christ. That, like I said earlier, they may never, ever hear the gospel any other way than other than hearing it from a Chariots of Light member. So I want to encourage you, uh, if this ministry is, holds a special place in your heart, then sow seed into it. Help us reach the lost. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? All right. If you're giving, uh, there's an offering envelope, uh, I believe right in front of or the ushers have them. And you can make your checks out to JSMI or Jerseyville Ministries International. And you can put COL on the bottom of it. But regardless of whether you do that or not, this all will be designated to Chariots of Light. Okay? Amen. You're writing a check out, you can make it out to JSMI, right at the bottom on the memo part, put COL if you want to, but I assure you it's going to go into Chariots of Light. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I want to remind you also, while you're getting ready to sow, that uh, uh, Brother Copeland's prophetic word for this year, 2019, the year of the abundant harvest. Well, that's what I'm going to believe on your seed tonight. I, our ministry has been experiencing abundant harvest this year. It's been amazing. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm, 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 I'm rejoicing even for what's coming. Hallelujah. Because the year's not up. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to take that right on into next year. I'm just going to keep believing for abundant harvest uh, right on through. Praise God. Amen. All right. If you've got your offering ready, hold it up. I want to speak over it in Jesus' name. I decree, because you are faithful sowers, that God is also faithful in bringing about the harvest that he promised you. I decree in Jesus' name, this is your time for abundant harvest. Amen. If you receive it, say amen. All right, ushers, go ahead and receive their offering. Uh, we had these shirts made for the Believers Convention here in Fort Worth back in August. And uh, there's still some out there available. I was created for signs, wonders, and miracles. So uh, 
beautiful shirt. Wear it as a reminder that that's what you were created for. Amen. Not only to experience them, but to demonstrate them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody will be blessed with that shirt. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Tomorrow we got a lot of activities going on. Uh, what time does it start? Nine o'clock. So come back and uh, enjoy the fun and fellowship. I'll be picking up Brother Jesse around 11 tomorrow, and uh, we'll be out here probably most of the day. Then Jesse is speaking tomorrow night. And then on Sunday, tag team preaching, praise God. Hallelujah. I'll never forget the first time Jesse and I tag team preached was in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, neither one of us knew what we were going to preach. We didn't sit down and and say, I'll do this and you do that. Uh, We just got up there that night. Last night of this meeting, we were there in the convention center in Augusta. I said, Jesse, I'll start it off. And I started preaching about David and Goliath. And I got to the place to where David had cut Goliath's head off. And he was holding it up. And he was taking it into Goliath's hometown, holding it up as a trophy. And I'm acting like I'm holding Goliath's head. And then I tagged Jesse. And Jesse took right up from there, and he acted like he's holding Goliath's head. And he said, God was just trying to show David how to get ahead in life. (laughs) Oh, it was awesome, praise God. Amen. And then, you remember this? We, We got to preaching about Psalm 23, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And and we both said it together. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The anointing God hit us and knocked us on our back and picked us straight up and kept preaching, praise God. <laughs> Didn't even miss a beat. So you never know what might happen when Jesse and Jerry are tag team preaching. Hallelujah. I see Roy back there. Roy. Roy's been working with Jesse for a number of years. Bless you, Roy. All right, come back in the morning, okay? Praise God. We'll see you then. Good night.